Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Plus, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. I'm Steve Taylor, host and creator of MSP Webinars. Today I'm joined by Ted from SolarWinds, and he's going to talk to us about N Central. First, I just want to do some general housekeeping. Um, yes, this is a new meeting place. Thank you for, for mentioning that, Lonnie. Uh, this is a today-only thing, okay? I, I'm trying it out, but I'm going to Zoom because I'm going to go to what we know works. Um, in this thing, you should see that there's a Q&A section. You should see that there is a poll running. And um, actually, you should now see that there's two polls running. If you guys could do us the favor of responding, you can actually choose multiple answers on that second one. Do you use any SolarWinds products today? Um, yeah, I think that covers that. Um, upcoming webinars. Uh, next week, we are going to be joined by CloudJumper, and that is going to be talking about their cloud-hosted desktop solution that they have to offer. So you should see a pop-up that says, Save My Seat. You can use that link to register for that webinar right now real quick if you'd like. And then um, also next week is the monthly roundtable mastermind session. And there's a pop-up for that one as well. So. Uh, the mastermind sessions, if you haven't attended one of those before, you really should. There's a lot of value to get out of them. And uh, shameless plug, if you're not a member of MSP webinars, you should really join. There's a ton of value. There's uh, two different ways for members to communicate and have peer sessions every single day of the week. Tons of vendor deals, documentation, uh, legal stuff like a, like a managed services agreement, and a whole lot more. So with that said... Uh, Ted, I'm going to pass it over to you here in just a moment. Um, so for the poll result, I don't know. Are you able to see the poll results, Ted? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. So uh, I don't know. Maybe that'll help you tailor what you're showing to people today. I know that we've got some people interested in hearing more about the new version of N Central. Uh, we've absolutely. We've got uh, some, some people that are, that are using N Central today that – Maybe just want to know, is there a better way to do what it is they're doing? Um, Great. I know patching is always a big thing. One person said, you know, what what exactly can the N Central do for Windows patching? You know, is it able to Perfect. do 
the the feature updates, the roll-ups. Fall the, creator. They just, they yes, just want to know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They it. they want to know all of all of the things that the patching can manage. Okay. So, I'm I'm gonna let you take it away, my friend. Feel free to share your screen and do your thing. Hey, great. Uh, thanks, everybody. Um, I'm just looking at the polls right now, uh, seeing that we do have people using some of the products, MSP Anywhere, MSP Manager, Backup, Risk. Uh, that's all great. Um, so what I'll do is I'm going to uh, share my screen here. Um, and very easy. I'm going to be giving you one slide of a presentation, and it's basically the architecture of NCentral, okay? Just how things plug in. This is a very technical demonstration. So we're gonna go over the architecture, see how it plugs in, and then I'll bring up the interface and go over 10 or 12 of the main features of NCentral version 12, all right? Um, any questions? Um, I guess you can ask them in the chat. Uh, I won't be monitoring those live, um, I'll ask maybe that Steve, if he wants to come up, if we have some good points of questions, we can get to them as we go. Uh, let's make this interactive. And also, if we haven't gotten to it by the end, we'll get those questions at the end. You got oh, it, man. Also, I will I'll oh, keep perfect. it on the, on the Q&A for you. Sorry. Perfect. And since um, so many of you are already using some, in some way, shape or form, um, SolarWinds, you probably have an account executive. That would be also a good person to get in contact with after this to set up a more one-on-one -on -one meeting, a more technical one-on-one, -on -one, you know, like going to the coffee shop and we sit down and we have a nice chat about your system, whether it be your current system on how you want to use it or um, on the new products and features. All right, so enough said about that. Here we go, and central. It all starts with the NCentral server. That's the core. Um, the NCentral server is mostly a ho uh, hosted on-premise platform, meaning you'll install this in your location. 90% um, of our customers using uh, NCentral have this at their location. We do have a hosted option for very specific cases. Um, very simple to get started. Uh, the server, we provide you an ISO image. It's fully bootable. It includes the OS, the Ancentral server, and the database. So you spin it up um, in one of five ways. You can spin it up on a, an actual server, a physical machine. You can put it in a VM, or you can put it on the cloud in Azure or AWS. Either way, once you get it spun up, 10 minutes, uh, give it an IP address and you're ready to go. Great. Once your server is set up, this is a web uh, server, so you log into it to do things. Uh, you will be establishing a communication with your customer's network, okay? Um, it is a probe and agent-based uh, solution, which means at your customer network, you're gonna choose a Windows device, any old Windows device. It does, normally something that's on 24 seven, right? It doesn't have to be a dedicated server though. It could be sitting on a print server, on a domain controller. The Windows probe will do five things for you. First, it's going to auto-discover your network, okay? So you put in the IP range, it's going to find every device and classify them, report that back to NCentral. Then it's going to be your best friend when it comes time to deploying agents. It'll get the agents out there for you. Doesn't matter if it's Windows, Linux, or Mac, it'll push the agents for you, okay? Next, it's going to monitor your network devices, right? You can't put an agent there on a printer or on a switch, so the probe will use SNMP to monitor those devices for you, and it will classify them. So my 24-port switch 
is going to get a total of 58 monitors out of the box, right? So that's, that's pretty good. You'll also use the probe as a syslog server. So you point your network devices there, you can parse those logs, alert and central proactively of what's going on at the network level. And next, you'll be using the probe as a patch cache for your Windows patching. Heard a couple questions about patching a while ago. Well, you don't need WSUS anymore, okay? Uh, you're going to be using NCentral to manage all of the Windows and third-party patching. Um, so NCentral has the database of who needs what as a patch. We use the probe as a local patch cache. So if there's a probe available for that segment, your Windows devices will get their patching there. If that probe isn't available or you don't have one there, it'll go to internet to get its patches, no problem. All right, so NCentral is two things. It's a reactive and it's a proactive tool. You're going to be using NCentral as your tool to fix problems that are happening at the device level because everything you're monitoring will come up into NCentral as an alert. So yeah, you're gonna use NCentral to see what's going wrong to go into those devices, to remote in, whether it's a server or a workstation, or whether it's a switch or a printer, you're gonna use your own applications, my own browser, my own SSH uh, program, uh, to maybe it's PuTTY you use, okay, to remote into the switch. Well, you'll use your own programs once you're logged into NCentral. Uh, the probe is gonna be proxying your request to those guys. So reactively, I'm gonna be fixing problems, but proactively, I'm going to be managing three major parts of those devices. First and foremost, patch management, okay? We do a very good job with that. We handle the fall creators updates, the spring creators updates, no problem. You know, 1709, 1803, all that is handled within Central for Windows 10. Next, we also have an integrated antivirus and we have an integrated backup product to help you um, secure and help your customers. Of course, we will monitor any backup solution that you're running, whether it be Veeam or whether it be, um, you know, Acronis, we're gonna monitor those backups. Antivirus, we're gonna monitor your ESET, we're gonna monitor uh, Webroot, we'll monitor anything that you're using because we understand that those packages have trust built into them, right? But we do have our own for um, MSPs or IT professionals like yourself who are looking uh, for uh, a tool to use. And you get the convenience of managing it all from the same console. So you don't have to have two different tools to do the management of that. You can do it from here very easily. So proactively, perfect. Now, of the issues on the reactive side, of the issues that happen on your endpoints, a lot of those can be fixed automatically, right? They don't need a technician to go in and fix them. They're pretty simple things. I'll give you an example. So our automation and self-healing, we put a lot of effort in there to make this really work nicely. So let's take an example of an FTP server over here. It goes down at 2 a.m. in the morning. What happens? Well, you have a technician log into NCentral. You're gonna remote control the FTP server. Notice the service is down. Restart the service. Upload a small file. Download a small file check it's working, then go back to bed. Well, you can put all that into an automated self-healing action so that the FTP service that's monitored, when it does go down, alerts and central, 
and central takes care of the self-healing action, does all those four things, and then it'll let you know, right? It'll, it'll send you an email or it will add a ticket to your ticketing system, to your PSA, okay? Which brings a point, yes, uh, with SolarWinds MSP, we do have our own PSA. Um, it's called MSP Manager, but we also integrate 100% with Autotask, 100% with ConnectWise, and this is two-way integration, as well as offering an open API, right? To plug in for two-way integration. And the idea there is to minimize the time that a technician would be using the tool to fix the problem, which is Ncentral, and jumping over to the ticketing system to create the tickets, okay? So, of course, if I'm using my ticketing system as my tool when I get into work in the morning, you keep using that because then Central will be auto-creating tickets for you in your ticketing tool, okay? Uh, but while I'm in the device and I'm working on a, a piece of equipment or on a problem, I can update or create or close the ticket directly from there. So again, saves the technician tons of time. I'll show you that. And of course, at the end of the day, we have reporting. Um, we've got um, two reporting systems. One is internal to the Ncentral server itself, and there your data retention is 90 days, okay? You have the option to put an external reporting tool called Report Manager. Um, this basically, it sits on its own server, you provide your own SQL instance, and you get three advantages. Brandability of the reports, uh, you get more reports, but you get seven plus years retention. So it could be uh, good with, uh, you know, essential if you're doing compliance and stuff like that. Okay. Real, real quick, Ted. Yes. Um, and, and you may have mentioned this, so I'm sorry if I'm asking you to repeat yourself. That's fine. With the PSA and ticketing. Yeah. Does N Central also add time to the tickets? Absolutely. Time? Yes. And is this specific to MSP Manager, or does this work with other PSAs as well? Works with other PSAs as well. Okay, excellent. And for those of you wondering why I would ask what sounds like a silly question, um, your your RMM tool is an employee in my eyes. So if your RMM tool is running a script, you know, log the you know five, fifteen, whatever minutes to a ticket, yeah. so that way you can show value to your to your client whenever Absolutely. you do your, your QBR or you know monthly reports or or however you want to show that to them. But make sure that, that your RMM tool is helping you show that value. Great question, Stephen. Actually, I'll, I'll be showing you that in a second. Are there any other major questions on the architecture? I want to bring up the interface and show you guys 10 or 12 things. Okay. Perfect. Here we go. Here is the login screen of NCentral. This is where you start. Um, I'll be logging in as a technician, but this page, this login page is completely brandable. Why is that important? So instead of MSPN Central, you're gonna have your name there, your company name. You're gonna change the color scheme and you can change the help links and everything that's on this page. Why is that important? Because you can give access to your customer to log in to this portal to do a subset of NCentral to their devices. Okay, let me give you two examples. You have a customer with someone who works from home a lot, okay? So you create them an account, they can log in and they can only remote control their workstation when they're working from home and nothing else, done. And that doesn't cost you extra, that you just create a user, give them an access to their computer, done. 
or you give management access to this portal so that they can access reports. That's it. But I'm logging in as a technician, right? So here we go. I'm logging in as a technician. I have access to all devices. I have access to all customers. Here we go. Nice. Great. There's my first login screen. How's the screen looking for everyone? Can everyone see it okay? I'll take uh, no yes, answer. Looks good. Good. It looks okay. All yeah. right. So the first page I log into, um, I get my active issues. This is everything that's tripped an alarm across all devices, okay? I've got a total, my total's down here on the right-hand corner, 937 things to look at. Um, that's a lot. I hope your uh, Thursday's going better than mine. That's a lot, but it's on purpose. This list is generated from where you are in the customer tree, and the customer tree is on the top left-hand side, right? So at the top level is the service organization level, SolarWinds MSP. That's your company name. And below, you have your customers, okay? And in each customer, you also have a site level. So you can organize your customers and your locations however you want. These could be physical locations, as in East End Bakery here. We have four different offices, bakeries. Or they could be departments, however you want to split the company up. The important thing about this tree is it's an inherited profile tree. So when you define your policies, whether they be reactive or proactive, you do them at the top level. They'll get inherited all the way down. And you can override at each level to, um, without affecting anyone else, right? You want to take into account that, say, uh, Riverside South Bakery has, um, you know, a slow internet connection. That way, when you're creating their backup profile or their monitoring profile, you take that into account. Excellent. All right. So let me take a look at what one of these line items gives me, right? So it tells me everything I need to know about the issue, the location, which customer in sight. I have two remote control options, okay? One is intrusive, one is non-intrusive. Great. It'll tell me the service that failed. And hovering over the status will give me the threshold that I've crossed to get into that state. So I get a really good idea of what's going on here. All right. Now, we talked about ticketing. Um, here's my interface to my ticketing system. If I'm working on this item, I can create a ticket directly from here. And this will pop it into the proper bucket. Okay, great, excellent. Um, let me take a look at uh, the uh, remote control options for you. These are, these are pretty good. This is included. Uh, once you install the agent with a professional license, you get this. So. As long as I can navigate, as long as I can browse my end central, I'm one click away from logging into the device. Okay, that's it. Whether I'm at the office, whether I'm at home, whether I'm at Starbucks or at the airport, doesn't matter. One click away, there I go. And this is using MSP Anywhere, right? This is using MSP Anywhere. The tool here, take control. This is my unattended access, yes. Because, um, thanks, that's a good one, uh, Steve, because MSP Anywhere is another product from SolarWinds, MSP. Um, and it's also meant for attended access. When someone want, has a problem, they can click and advise you, please log into my system, I have an issue. This is the same product used for unattended access. So as a tool, all my commands are set out at the bottom and I have a nice few tabs on top to help me out. So here we go, I'm going into this server, 
I send my control alt delete and here we go. Done. Now the, the tool is quite quick. Um, the device I'm looking at right now is about 3000 miles away. Okay. It's, uh, it's in Austin, Texas at our headquarters, but uh, I'm sitting here at uh, in Ottawa. All right. Let me just open up a program here. And while you're go. doing that, two questions. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, one. So if, if people want the ad hoc attended support, they have to purchase the MSP Anywhere license. It does not come with N Central. Absolutely. It's it's actually a lot of our partners are using both of them. Good question. Um, okay. They will have customers that are break fix. Right? They only call when they have a problem and they don't want to pay for managed service. They have other customers that are on managed services. Well, for your break fix customers, you run the MSP anywhere, right? Because you're not paying for end licenses and right. they just tell you when they want help. Perfect. Once they're big enough or asking for enough help, you move them into the managed platform easy. Absolutely. All right. And then the second question, yes? uh, what if I, the technician, I'm using a Mac or Linux. I okay. I'm sorry. That did. I think it was about uh, accessing Mac and Linux, but did, your audio did bug out a little bit. Could you repeat that, oh, Steve? Sorry about that. Okay. Me, the technician. I yeah. am on a Mac. Yeah. Can I can I be the tech on a Mac using using this uh, MSP Anywhere software? Yes. Uh, what if I'm on Linux? No, not yet. But we'll be soon next quarter there's they're putting the Linux uh, both ways whether you're the client or logging into Linux this tool will work for I can log into a Windows or a Mac currently um, but um, I will be able to log into Linux and I'll be able to do it from Mac and Linux also very soon yeah absolutely make sense okay so being my tool um, let's I'm going to use this for when uh, someone's calling me and saying, Ted, I have a problem with my MS Paint. So I come in here, I'm going to log into their computer, and I go to try and look at the problem. But they're very polite, right? So they're showing me the problem, fighting for the mouse. That's impossible. After two seconds, it's unbearable. So I can very politely, from my commands, I can block the remote keyboard and mouse from them so that they can see but they can't touch. Helps me out a lot. Also, if get into the hey, registry or do something sensitive I can screen hey, while Ted. I do yes please um your uh so, someone said you need to feed the hamsters your your internet your your internet internet connection is is starting to flake out okay We're having trouble understanding you and it's all of us not just one of us okay um is this better sorry just wanted to let you know. You guys hear me at all? Okay, I'm seeing it looks like a buffer or something. Okay. Um, we doing okay? You can't hear at all? Oh, we can hear. Sometimes, remember how you said I cut out? That's what it was doing yeah, for you, but, to all of us. Okay. So it's a bandwidth on your end, it seems. All right. 
Look, let me uh, go try and plug my uh, headset into the computer. I use this one all day, every day, so I'm going to try and plug in. Give me two seconds, all right? Just one second. Okay. So, how's everybody doing? <laughs> I think he thinks that too. You know, it is possible that that is what's happening. However, I think you're you're right where it's more likely jitter or latency because it looked like his video was cutting out too. And and just I'm not sure if you can hear us, Ted. I feel like I should wave back. <laughs> All right. So once Ted returns, hopefully, uh, Hopefully all issues will be resolved and we can continue. Feel free to post some more questions in Q&A while hey, you guys how, are waiting. How's that, guys? Uh, so far, so good. Just so you know, it I don't think it was like the headset. I think okay. it's it's the bandwidth, your internet connection there. Okay. Because it was also happening to the video at the same time it was happening to the audio. Okay. So I, I just wanted to let you know, um, mm -hmm. ho hopefully, uh, you know, turn off all your BitTorrents and, and stop streaming Spotify and YouTube over there. And I think you guys okay. are okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try my best. Um, yeah, I'm pretty minimalistic right now on the computer. <clears throat> Steve, if uh, this happens again... Uh, just uh, tell me immediately so that I can uh, try some corrective action here. I appreciate it. Thanks for your okay. uh, patience, everyone. Thanks. Okay. All right. So here we are. I'm remoted into this computer. Someone has a problem with their paint. Easy. Um, if I'm trying to help them out, a good tool I have as a technician is my laser pointer. No joke. I can simply uh, show them what's going on and they'll be able to follow that on the screen. Okay. Uh, you know, if they have to save the, if you need to save the file, you come up and click right here. Perfect. I can also record the session as a video, keep it for training purposes or attach it to a trouble ticket. Okay. Great. On the server side, this is very important over on my computer menu. The agent supports safe mode with networking. So um, if I reboot this server in safe mode with networking, this session reconnects for me automatically. I don't have to be at the computer pressing F8 during the boot process to get into safe mode, okay? Saves me a trip every time. Okay, then my tabs on top. I've got, of course, I've got my remote desktop, but I have a general tab. 
there we go. Um, then uh, th that's my interactive chat. This will go right to their desktop. Okay, so if I'm not on the phone with them or audio is uh, bl blocking, I can do it this way. I like that. That, that looks good. Uh, compared to one of the other RMM tools out there, um, oh, I'll just say it. I use Kaseya, and ours mm -hmm. is like web browser based, and it's okay. Sucks. Okay, wait, thanks. Good. Thanks for the comment. Now, um, the next three tabs, these are for the pure technician. These are clean and crisp ways into the back end of the device. System shell, right? Emulated. Here we go. I type all my commands and off we go. Uh, file transfers, drag and drop. Remember, this works for Mac as well, right? So I get to the Mac file system, no problem. Go drag a log file. System info, here you go. Interaction to the um, services and the processes. I can bounce a service directly from here. There we go. Perfect. Um, I can also uh, kill a process directly. Can can you start a chat before actually taking control? Nope. Okay. No, and you have to be, you, yeah. And if you take, so uh, how, how do I word it? Can I, if I hit the button to connect to the computer, Yes. Does it take me to the general tab first or the remote desktop tab first? Configurable default is uh, remote. So if I have it take me to the general tab first, technically yeah. I'm connected, but I'm not starting to take over their computer yet. No, the session is still there. It's just your mouse isn't interfering. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. um, people are asking uh, to compare this with the MSP RMM version. Uh, my opinion is that system shell and system info are not there because those are part of, I think it's called remote background, or that's what it correct. was you know, a year or two ago when I used it. Yes, correct. <clears throat> absolutely. Um, you're absolutely correct. Um, you just said it. And mm -hmm. and then uh, remote remote control, does it turn off their background as soon as you connect? Um, it can. It's configurable. So um, okay. there are many options. When you're setting up the system for remote control, you get to choose whether first you ask the end user if, the, if you're allowed to jump into their session. Okay, mine's turned off right now. Uh, you get to choose when you leave a session if it locks the computer. My server policy will have that, of course, so that when I leave a server, it'll lock the screen immediately. I'm not going to do that for desktops, though, because as soon as I finish helping someone, and I leave, it'll lock their screen. They're going to say, what did they just do? Exactly. Can, um, can you have it set so that it pops up a little message when you disconnect or, or when you connect? Uh, when not, you necessarily, connect not necessarily a, is it okay if Steve connects, but a, hey, Steve's connected. Go get some coffee. Let me do yeah. my thing. Yes. Um, um, what I'll do is I'll open up a new tab to answer that right now. I'll get into it later, but it's it's on the topic, so I'll talk about it right now. It's part of the settings of my computer. So if if I'm looking, now I'm drilled into this computer, okay? And I get to set my remote control settings for this computer. Or I can do this at a policy level and do it more in my administration and say all computers are going to act this way but i can set up the my remote okay. control settings and my take control here's everything i can do i can say yeah i want to request user permission and here's the message i'm putting up 
hey, this is Ted. Is it okay if I jump into your computer? Okay, I'll display it for 60 seconds. I can, um, or I can not even do that, but I can maybe say I want to simply indicate to them, they'll have a little window saying, hey, uh, Ted's connected to your computer. Done. I like that. Right? And for my servers, when I create my policy, I'm going to make sure that the uh, lock device here when remote session ends is activated. That means I jump out, locks the screen, I'm safe. Okay. And then um, Aaron, Aaron said, can I manage multiple customers and sites from a single install of Ncentral hosted on AWS? Absolutely, Absolutely Aaron. That's, that's what this is designed to do. Yes. So what you'll do, um, if my Ncentral is hosted in AWS, when I come here, I'm simply going to add my customers to the list, right? And it's as simple as going down to adding a customer right here, and it'll add it to this list, no problem. And once I'm in a customer, let's go down to the customer level, I can come down and add a site, no problem. Easy, easy. Okay, and you simply add the site, and they will all live in this tree whether it's on AWS or anywhere else where your server is. Okay, good, good, good questions here. So now let me show you my, <clears throat> let me show you the behind the scenes uh, access to the device. This is my intrusive way, right? I'm into their desktop. The user sees me going in. I'm gonna show you what it looks like to be in through the background here, okay. So without interrupting the current user's logged in session, I can go and manage the processes, the registry, the services. I can do all of that um, behind the scenes using direct support. Okay, so let me take an example. Now I'm drilled into a device. So I'm getting the live CPU usage, the live mem memory usage, and it will be, uh, bringing up here um, the processes and the services. It's also where I'm gonna go and set up my remote control settings. And it's also where I can manage printers and applications, okay? I do have a command prompt here, which is a true command prompt. Uh, I can elevate this to PowerShell, perfect. If, um, any PowerShell scriptures out there? Okay, so look, here are the processes for this device. Uh, I'm not interrupting the user. So let's take the example. Let's take the example here of this user calling me and saying, hey, Ted, my MS Paint's open. It's blocked. I can't close it. I can't use the start menu. What do I do? Well, I'm going to find their device in this section. I'm going to go to their processes, go and search for it, or all these little blue tabs here are search buttons. So I can actually just search for the process. And there it is. Simply select the process, end it, and once I confirm, it's gone. <clears throat> so they're off to the races. <clears throat> Excuse me. So now my work's done, right? I'm the technician, off to the next problem? No. I still have to worry about creating my ticket. All right? So what do I do? I'll show you one of the best features of Ncentral, everybody, and that's this little button on top of corner, audit trail. Everything I've just done to this device is captured in the audit trail, okay? Date and time stamped, who did it, did it work or did it not? So I select the two last items here. It's saying, Ted Raymond, I did a take control session for 
there we go, 16 minutes and 12 seconds. We've got, um, I stopped a process, MS Paint, it was successful. I can select these two items and I can update a ticket or create one directly from this interface. Okay, easy. So if I know the ticket number, I can do that or I can search for it. Okay, easy. Put some notes, done. Uh, change the status. Here I'll mark it as complete. I can add my time entry. Okay, I can put this as a reactive management. It'll automatically put 15 minutes billable. Or if I spent more time than that here, I'll actually put some extra time. Okay. Needed a phone call. There we go. Talk to them for an hour. Done. And done. So now the idea there is that I am saving time. As a technician, I love this because I hate filling out trouble tickets. I love to be able to click on the audit trail, select what I've just done, slap it in a ticket, and off to the next call. Easy. I don't have to wait till 5 p.m. to do my, uh, to do my trouble tickets because I'm so busy all day. Perfect. How does that look? Now, on the reactive side, because we're looking at a lot of reactive stuff, those are my remote controls. And please note that if I'm wanting to remote control um, a switch or a printer, also, I will be here. I'm, I'm now jumping all the way through my toolbox over here on the left. So, you know, don't, don't, if you get confused, tell me to slow down or, or whatever, but my toolbox is where all my configurations and all my actions are going to be, okay? Very nicely contained over here. So on my dashboard section, I can go and click on my dashboard for network devices, okay? You'll also see that there's a remote control button um, for Cisco devices. Well, I don't have a remote desktop for that. However, what I do have is my own program for doing um, SSH. So it will download a JNLP file and it'll use the probe as a proxy to connect to the, there we go. So I'm using my own PuTTY session to log into this switch and I probably don't have the credentials, but it doesn't matter. There we go. You get the idea. I'm using my own program to log into this uh, Cisco switch and my own, yeah, exactly. So perfect. If I wanted to, I could uh, go to my printers. Let me show you what that looks like. Or let's go back to our network devices. I've got a sonic wall firewall here. Well, it's not using PuTTY. Um, it's a web interface. So when I uh, click on remote control for it, it's going to open up a web browser, my own native web browser to connect via the, pro via the proxy of the probe to hit the uh, sonic wall. Okay, and here it comes. There we go. So you can see here, this is my own browser. I'm not jumping into a server or a workstation that's at the customer site to get to the sonic wall. It's my own browser being proxied, port forwarded through the probe. Done. Excellent. All right. That's all of my remote control and a lot of my reactive stuff. Whatever I'm not monitoring by default, I can also add as a monitor. 
So uh, you can customize the monitoring for any device uh, that you're, you're talking to, whether it be controlled via SNMP or different programs on a server or a workstation or a laptop. Okay. Therefore, on the reactive side, to wrap that up, then I'm going to go more proactive. On the reactive side, we have a tool here called Domain User Management. Okay, so when we install an agent on a domain controller, we have access to Active Directory. Since we have access to Active Directory, we can interact with the user list. And we've been having this for years. Partners saying, SolarWinds MSP, can you please put a tool to change user passwords? It's the one reason why, top five reasons, that people call in live to the help desk. Okay? Therefore, here it is. You have one central location. All your domains will be here. You can go find the users. Let's say Naomi calls me and says, Ted, can you change my password? Absolutely. Just log in, find her in the list, reset her password, give this to her. Perfect. User change password at next logon. I'm done. And does this require any additional licensing? No. No. The exactly. agent. This nope. is what you're asking about, right? Okay, I see that. No, this is included. If I put the uh, license on a domain controller, I have access to this. And everything interface I've done proxy. here... That's what it was. Oh, the interface proxy. The interface proxy? Oh. Does that require a license? Uh, well, the device has to be in central, so the device has to be managed, which requires a license, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if I if I have a device in my list here, I'll just go back to my network devices. If a device is showing up here, it's being managed, so it needs a license, of course, yeah. But it also means, look what I'm doing here. If I'm looking at this Cisco switch, let me drill into it. I'm not just pinging it to see if it's alive or not, right? Let me go to my monitoring page. I've got uh, 58 monitors on this device. Yeah, is it alive, connectivity? What about the CPU and the fan? Each interface is going to have two monitors, right? It'll have interface health and interface throughput. So I can go troubleshoot any specific port on the switch where I'll be able to get reports of, over time, what the traffic has been. Okay, here's my detected port speeds. There's my incoming traffic over time. There's my outbound. So. A managed uh, network device, you, get, you put the license, you get all the monitoring and you get the remote control. All right. Now on the proactive side, how would you use Ncentral to do something proactive? Let me go to my all devices. I, I don't know, Ted, that's what you're here for. <laughs> Let's take an example. Okay, let me explain my lab a little bit. I've got my lab, which is 3,000 miles away, it's in Texas, I'm in Ottawa. I've got a total of 85 devices in my lab, okay, spread across uh, seven customers in a few sites. Okay, so let's say I've got East End Bakery. They call me and say, Ted, can you upgrade my accounting package? I'm like, sure, I'll do that. I'll charge you, but we're going to do it, no problem. So my example for you today, well, when I, when I examined this project, I realized that the workstations at East End Bakery, they need Java installed for me to continue. So that's my first job. And that'll be my example for you today is to install Java on workstations at East End Bakery that do not have Java installed. 
Okay, sounds like a huge job. Should take me about a minute. Okay, that'll introduce you to the concept of filters. Filters are a cornerstone building block of N Central. So I'm going to create a filter from this interface to zoom in on a devices. And I'm going to give this a name I can easily find here. Workstations, no Java. That's what I'm looking for. And you're going to want to give this a good description because I want my colleagues to use this filter in the future if I do a good job, right? I'll make it available to everyone, all my technicians. Great. I'm going to add some logic to the filter, remembering that I take full hardware software inventory of devices when I put an agent on them. So I can look at the application lists on the device. So let me filter based on the applications. And here are the attributes I can filter on. Okay. Add application name does not contain Java. Okay, I'll click my preview button down here. Perfect. So I went from 84 devices down to about 20 or so. These are all the devices that don't have Java installed. Uh, Windows workstations are there, that's what I'm looking for. But I also have cell phones, I've got switches and routers. I don't care about those. So I'm gonna add some logic to my filter. From that list, I only want to see devices that are of class equal to Windows workstations. And let me preview that list. Perfect. So I'm down from 84 devices down to um, five. Okay, these are Windows workstations across all my customers that don't have Java. That's the magic, that's the trick. This would have taken me a day and a half to figure out on my own, okay? So now, I'm going to save this filter and I'm going to use it. We're going to push some software. All right. So from my devices list, I'm going to filter out the one I just created. Here are my workstations, no Java. And I only want East End Bakery. Easy. So the system has found now the two workstations at East End Bakery that don't have Java. I'm simply going to select them. Once I select them, I'm going to um, add a task right from the top menu. And one of them is push third-party software, okay? That'll bring up a wizard, step through the five-step wizard and I'm done. And then we'll move on. Okay, so first you choose where is the software, right? Is it on the Ncentral software repository or is it on my computer? Well, I've downloaded this, so let me go find it. Here we go, you give it a name description, and then I simply browse for the file. Okay, go to my desktop, there it is. And I'll give it some command line parameters for the install. I want it to be silent. Last thing I want is for a pop-up to show up on the end user's computer. They're going to, you know, saying, click okay to install Java. They're gonna call me, I don't want that. Okay. I confirmed my targets. The filter did the big work for me here. It found the two devices. Then I choose when I want to do the software push. Is it now or in the future? Okay, I'll even take into account devices that are turned off when I'm doing the software push so I can keep the push alive for a few days, three or four days. And at the end, I want to also send notifications to see how this went so I can troubleshoot the ones that didn't work, right? So I'm gonna send myself an email. There I am. 
So I send myself an email to for success and failure of my software push, but I'm also going to send a, a, a ticket to my ticketing system as a proactive management. And it's going to put a 15-minute billable entry in for me. Okay, so as I'm doing my software push for this project, I can keep track of time that Encentral's running in the background doing tasks that I can bill for. Perfect. Done. Now we've just pushed software. Any questions? And I know you'll be... Uh... Tons of questions, but nothing related to this so far. Okay, um, what's coming up as questions? Are they relevant to Encentral or this? I haven't been through the chats, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, Untangle. Somebody asked if Untangle monitoring is going to be updated. Untangle monitoring. Untangle. That must be one of the, the router monitoring packages that you have available today. Okay, okay. Actually, um, it could be out of date. I, it's not even on my radar as a device that we natively... Oh, correct, firewall from Adam. Okay, I'm seeing that. Um, I don't know that's an out-of-the-box from us that we've supported. It could be. I'm not saying it's not. Um, it, it could be that it was supported by the community and that it was a community-based. And I'll so show you that right now. the community created it yeah. and the community hasn't updated it. Well, sure. All we can, um, do, is, all we can do is yell at the community. <laughs> okay, it's listed in Encentral, but barely functions I'm seeing from Adam. Okay, so Adam, what I will um, suggest, because uh, today's forum will be to uh, troubleshoot a monitoring profile that for specific devices. However, what I can show you here, and this is part of the presentation, is going over the My Links section of Encentral. So over in my toolbox, forget the dashboards and the servers and the pushing of software, there's a My Links uh, section over here where you have access to the community, right? Once you get into the community, um, that will get you to uh, that will get you to a location where you can share uh, software with other people, uh, software monitoring templates for devices, right? And if I click on my hamburger button here, you'll have access to live interaction, such as live technical Q&A for existing partners. Um, twice a day, you can come in and talk to a sales engineer to a level three tech um, on problems you may be having. That's included in our stuff, okay? Twice a There's day? A, twice a day. Um, let me just show what, you for... Now, what, what time? It's not like at three in the morning and six We cover all time zones. You're seeing it right there. So it's okay. um, Eastern time, it's eight o'clock and 4 p.m. Okay, there's a That's WebEx phenomenal. open. That's twice a day. It's included for partners, and the really, you know, the partners who really use it, it's because they're good partners and they they use it properly. Um, this is open. You got a, a level three tech online ready to take whatever comes. Okay. Hopefully, that's, that's phenomenal. We, get, we hopefully we get to your issue. Maybe not, but hopefully we do. Okay. Next is. Um, we're also going to offer you a live tools demo on Thursday afternoons. And that's more for talking about the parts of, yeah. See, right, that'll be uh, Thursdays at? Um, Four in the morning and? Three in the, the afternoon. afternoon. <clears throat> and what that does, it allows you to go over the integrated tools of Encentral, right? Anything that's patched, 
antivirus or backup related, we like to cover on that day. Okay, but uh, apart from that, when you do have access to the community as a partner, you do get, let's go into support here, resellers products. There we go, community. Sorry. Oh, oh no, this, this looks good too. Yeah, so feature requests. Um, we like to hear from you and Central exists because of what you guys have told us over the past 20 years. So that's where it's going. <clears throat> Forums where you guys can exchange information, scripts and automation policies and custom monitoring. So let's go see. I'm just wanting to check if we have uh, that one device in there. Okay. Um, I think if I just go back to the chat, what was that device? Uh, Untangle. Untangle. Yeah. And, let me just and do he said it. it's a service template. Yeah. Right. Okay. And uh, I'm in the section of, okay, so service template. We do have community scripts and automation in our custom monitoring. Yeah, it would be in our custom monitoring service templates. So what I do suggest if you are using that, um, contact your um, AE or your channel uh, champion here at SolarWinds, set up a call with um, their SE, and then we can have calm outside this uh, venue to uh, go over your service templates because things should work. You can modify your own. Um, you can tweak things to make sure they work properly. Um, you know, sometimes out of the box, what, you're mo what we're monitoring for you um, doesn't work. Maybe you've turned off UAC on all your customers to make things easier. Well, you'll get red everywhere because UAC is monitored by default. So you want to remove it from your, uh, yeah, from your monitoring now, templates. Mm -hmm. can, can we go back to that other tab for a minute? Yes. Are you able to sort this by last modified? No. Okay. No. Because, you know, it's it's concerning to me as an MSP mm -hmm. when I see, you know, last modified almost three years ago. Yeah, I understand. There are 2018s in here. Like if there's some 2017s, uh, there's a 2016. Okay, there's a 2018 uh, for the clock drift, which has changed. Um, there's a 2018 for the CPU status for Dell. Um, some of the stuff, when they brought it all over, it's still stuff that's valid, right? Of course. Okay. But, um, you know, the new stuff here, um, there's an ESET directory endpoint management. So that's pretty recent, a few months old. But still, it's from this year, ESET direct endpoint management. And, and for those of you that are confused, this is showing day, month, year, not month, day, year, like we're used to in America. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. True. And, and Zach, you're, you're right. You know, NetApp APIs and Citrix NetApp APIs haven't really changed. Um, and then um, I remember at one point you guys were offering, you know, like ready-made brochures and that kind of stuff. Like, do you still have that kind of stuff in there? You mean brochures? Like for marketing and on the business yeah. side for an MSP? Absolutely. Absolutely. So once you are logged in with your proper account, um, you will be, uh, there's your digital binder, okay? okay your digital binder is all your marketing stuff. You've got your white papers, your GDPR resource center, right, for the general protection 
data mm -hmm. requirements for Europe that's affecting the whole world. So that's all there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we help you out on the business side as well, perfectly. Cool. Okay. Um, next is what's included in here is the training. Okay, when you become a partner with Ncentral or with SolarWinds MSP, the training is going to be included. Let me, t let me show you what that looks like. Under my links, I've got subscription training, which also goes to the community. Okay, so once I get in here, just close that one. I've got a training schedule here. And these are, so here's the month of August, 2018. Each blue thing is an actual training course. It's a three hour course usually given by a sales engineer. Um, it's live. So you, um, for example, the end central core training, which is at 11 a.m. in two weeks, okay? That goes over the core training of the entire system. What are the 12 things you need to know about end central? right? Filters and rules, remote control, service templates. Here's the training course. Okay. Here's the training guide that goes with it. It's a good 50 pager. It has all the exercises. This is what we're going through during the whole thing. So that's free. It's included. Um, there's no extra charge for that. And you can come as many times as you want to any of the courses. We have courses on patch management. We have courses on uh, the AV Defender section. Optimizing your end central, right? Turning down the noise. Maybe it gives you too many alerts. Well, how do you make it so that it only monitors what you want? All this is included. And if I go back to July, that was July. There's June. We do this every month, okay? Perfect. All right. So jumping back over to end central. That's part of the it's training been, that's sorry, included. Sorry, I just derailed, or derailed. Oh, no, 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 it's part of it. Um, this is uh, what you guys need to know, of course. Thanks, uh, Steve, appreciate it. So we've looked at the proactive uh, pushing of um, sending, uh, where were we? we, all devices, we saw how we could add a task and do a third-party push. Now, when we apply filters and we find devices, we could have also run a script we could have also run an automation policy. Automation policies and scripts are the same thing. A script is something you would have written, a batch file, Visual Basic, a Perl script, whatever. Automation policy is a script that you write with the tool that we give you, okay? Um, we include this, it's called Automation Manager. I'll show you that in a minute. It's basically PowerShell for dummies. It's a drag and drop scripting interface. It allows you to logically create scripts without being a programmer. Okay. So I could have also done a security scan or run a patch management. Let me talk to you about patch management. So in my toolbox, I run down to the configuration section. That's where I'm going to get my integrated services. Okay. My integrated services starting with patch management. Okay. Now patching is pretty complicated. Patching why? Not because it's hard to uh, install a patch and reboot a computer if it needs it. It's hard because there are 100,000 patches a day, it seems, to apply and how to keep track that everyone's at the same level. Okay. It's so complicated that we've made a patch setup wizard. Wizards so, are good. Wizards are good. Okay. 
So the wizard is a seven-stage thing, and what it does is it gets you through um, all the plumbing. How is the patch going to work? I really suggest creating one patch rule for workstations and laptops and another one for servers. That's it. And if you need to get granular, you do it at a customer level as well. Okay? Here we go. So I'm going to create a, a default default workstation and laptop one. Okay? And the difference between servers versus workstations and laptops is how nice you're going to be to the end user. That's my opinion. Okay? How nice you're going to be? Are you going to pop up a message on the screen telling them that you're patching? Yeah. Well, for a workstation and a laptop, yes. I'm not going to do that, though, for a server. I'll give them a couple hours notice. And I know they're going to click out of it, so I'm going to remind them every 15 minutes. Good. Then I tell the device how it's going to react to patching. Can it communicate externally for updates, or is it relying only on the software probe? Well, I'll probably turn that on, right? I'll allow a laptop to go to internet. Next, how do I act on boot up? Here's where you decide the user experience when they log in and turn their computer on in the morning. Does it jump into a patch cycle, yes or no? Great. And does the device, is it allowed access to Windows Update? Or do you have full control as the MSP? I am a bit of a control freak, so I like to restrict it to what I approve. I don't want to be me or my techs troubleshooting for two hours a problem because someone installed a patch that we know is bad. Done. Great. Then, really easily, you set up your maintenance windows. When does the device detect patching? Twice a day? Perfect. Midnight and 4 p.m. When does the device pre-download the patch? Right? Well, I have it here at every day at 1 a.m. That's not enough. Maybe I want to download them also at lunchtime. My laptops are going to be turned off at 1 a.m. Next is important. When do I set the device that it's allowed to install patches? So I get to choose that. Okay. 2 a.m. every uh, Saturday of every month. That's not enough. I want it every day of every month. Perfect. Next, if a patch requires a reboot, which is not all the time, this window gets called up, and you get to choose the reboot uh, options. And so how? <clears throat> go ahead. I'm sorry, um, Zach uh, said, and it can control like the creator's updates and that type of stuff. Oh those, yes, those huge rollouts. Yes, I'll show you that in one second. That comes when we approve. Right now, we're laying down the plumbing. Right, we're saying sure. a patch comes through the system. Here's how it's going to move through the device, and then I'll show you the approvals of patches. Okay, so my reboot options. I'm either forcing the reboot without telling the user. I'll use that for servers. Right. But the other ones, I force the reboot, but I'll give them a message. That's for workstations and laptops. Or it can even be nicer and allow them to postpone with a yes or no message. So I can customize the message that goes on their screen. But uh, yeah, they get the option. I also want to place the device in downtime during reboot. I want to suppress the error messaging that goes to Ncentral. I'm rebooting these things on purpose. I don't want to get alerts during that time. OK. Then you choose the schedule. And finally, you say, who does it apply to? Do I enable third-party patching, yes or no? I think yes. That should be, in my opinion, by default checked. But uh, And we'll patch 35 to 40 different software programs that you're running, OK? Um, 
So I choose a filter. Who does this apply to? We'll use one of the out-of-box filters for the workstations and laptops windows. There they are. And to which customer does it apply to? So if I'm creating one rule for everybody, there you go. They all get it. And I'm going to propagate it forever, meaning I don't ever have to worry about setting up patching for a computer. The onboarding, as, soon, as long as they get a... Uh, as long as they get an agent, they'll start patching the way this tells them to. Or maybe this is a special rule for East End Bakery. So I just select them. Done. Great. That goes for the plumbing. Now we'll get to the question about um, fall creator updates and uh, uh, cumulative update patches. One quick second. So. Now I have to approve patches. Nothing's going to get installed unless I improve it. So I'm going to approve one of two ways, automatic approvals or manual approvals. When I do automatic, I create a rule. And best practices are saying, a lot of our partners are saying, critical and security updates I want to do automatically. Perfect. Um, some partners say, I want to update. I want every patch to go through automatically approved. And if there is a problem, I'll fix it. It really depends on your philosophy. Okay? But let's say we did the critical and we did the security. Done. If you wanted to do this, but then also soak the approvals for a few days, you can do that by going to your advanced configuration and say, delay my approval. It's approved automatically, but delay it for a week there so that uh, if something comes out in the news, I can scramble and cancel the patch rollout that I've just approved automatically. And I assume if, if, if something big enough goes wrong, Microsoft usually um, rescinds that patch, right? So then it wouldn't, get a, it wouldn't actually get deployed then, right? Or sure. Mistaken? Yeah, well, well um, it, it depends. I mean, the time that you get the patch available to you to push out and the time that they call it back, sure, is there a window there where you could accidentally push it out? I mean, uh, yep. Well, if we were to say, you know, delay approval for 21 days. Sure. Um, if if Microsoft rescinds that patch on day 13, yeah, is N Central still going to push it out? Like, has it been downloaded to a repository on a local machine somewhere where it gets pushed out no matter what Microsoft said? Or how's it, that work? It depends on my, my uh, patching schedule, right? I set up all the plumbing. So if it's already in the pipes, it'll get to where it's supposed to be, of course. But in the meantime, your devices are checking for patches that they should have or shouldn't have. And they're going to install those patches if and when they need to, if they could become available. So the device still will itself install based on its own information of what it needs to install the patch. But we're getting the device ready for having the patch downloaded, ready to install, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, I see upgrades as one of the classifications. Yeah. Um, Zach, is that what you're looking for? Because I think they consider those an upgrade and not an update. Well, or a... Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you on my manual. Um, I'll show you an 1803 that falls into the upgrades. I'll show you the patch when I do my manual screen. But uh, just to get out of this screen here, the, um, here are all the third-party products, including Microsoft, that will update for you. Okay. 
okay, there's 7-zip, there's everything Adobe, right? Your readers, uh, Flash, Shockwave, all that. All your browsers. So Chrome and Firefox will be there. Everything so Microsoft. Quite, not quite everything that Ninite can do. No, no, no. But it has some of the popular ones. Yeah, yeah, we've got a good uh, portion of them. I mean, we'll do it, obviously everything Microsoft, including uh, server packages, server platforms, Exchange, SQL, including all your offices, down to Office 365, Windows 10. Yep. There you go. And we're going to be taking care of utilities like uh, Java as well. Okay. Whatever's not on the list, you'll handle with your third-party software pushing, but these will keep up to date for you. Okay. Now, to get to that uh, Windows upgrades, let me just go back into my patch management here. Great. Let me go into my manual patch approval window. And this is a window where whoever's in charge of patching at your organization, they're going to live here once a week or once every couple of weeks. And here's the wizard to get through the patching, right? I've got 2,290 patches in my list. You should really Wait. go through that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Our lab environment's a little messy here, but it's supposed to be. Great. Now, I can easily search or filter on patches. So let me go to this one here and choose my upgrades. Let's see what shows up. There are a few 1803s right there. Okay. So we're going to handle your 1709s, your 1803s, all those, your feature updates the same way as any other patch. Full control. Okay. Great. That's my patching. Um, the same way that I manage patches, I can also manage my security manager. Security manager is my antivirus. Okay, um, we're based, we're partnered with Bid Defender Enterprise for the solution. It's profile based. It's very secure. We offer a crypto locker vaccine. Right, you turn nice. it on for the system. Yeah, it's really a good thing. So by default, no, you've got. Go ahead. I've seen other tools like Crypto Prevent, and sometimes those can get a little too strict in the sense that, um, you know, maybe they won't let something run from like the app data folder, but sure. maybe that's where something like Spotify or Google Chrome gets installed to. So is, and, and this, this may just be, you know, a, a preference of, of the MSP, but I mean, how, how locked down does your, crypto preventer get? Uh, well, it's going to be working with the behavior analysis um, section of the antivirus here. Okay. here. I'm looking at a profile that I can customize on a customer by customer basis, right? So a profile, this is what the um, antivirus client's going to use, and I can control each section of it, um, as well as content control for doing web protection. So which internet am I blocking for that site? Um, now, if I get into the behavior analysis, um, the active antivirus control, you can get different detection levels here. Okay, so you can um, intrusion detection system. You can get uh, aggressive or more permissive. Those are it's following the the Bitdefender way of doing things. The recommendations are pretty good, but you can lift them a little bit. Okay. Now you know, and I'm talking 
N Central like eight or nine. I don't know what version you guys are on now. Twelve. Yeah, so I'm I'm talking a while ago, and it might even be six or seven at this point. Uh, the the built-in Bitdefender made my client machines drag. Okay, no, no, it no. Was that's that's old. old. I wasn't. Oh no, I. This this is good. Uh, we're good here. We're okay. good. Mm-hmm. And this we're deploying these every answer, day. Almost. And to answer Aaron's question, so this is an OEM version of Bitdefender, if I recall correctly. So yeah. it may not have every feature of like the latest version of Bitdefender. <laughs> For example, if if you were to go get Bitdefender Gravity Zone, you would have access to centralized BitLocker key management, uh, website content filtering, that type of stuff. Well, um, we do get the website still, content filtering here. I was going to say, those are those are still features that are available. They just might not be part of the Bitdefender, though. Or at least it's that that's the case with the MSPRMM, that they're, that they're not part of the AV platform. Okay, okay. Um, yes, but within NCentral, what I'm showing you here is the content control module that's included. The Bitdefender Gravity Zone, all there. Should be all there. Um, okay, so this, if, is, if, yes. this is the Bitdefender content control then. Yes, it is. Yes, it nice. is, sir. Okay. Um, which means um, I will be blocking uh, whatever I need to block for that site. I can schedule it. I can block it. I can bypass those filters with a whitelist or a blacklist here. Perfect. Um, I do have a centralized quarantine management. Okay, I do have a centralized security event, so I'll get to see all the malware, the scan logs, the processes, firewall traffic, content control, sites that were blocked. Here we go. What happened? Ooh, someone went to this website. Okay, they weren't supposed to. It was blocked by some policy. Okay. Great. So the advantage here, and we know that antivirus is sticky. If you're an MSP and you're using, uh, <clears throat> you know, if you're Webroot. using, yeah, it doesn't matter, Webroot, we're, we're going to monitor it for you. In our dashboard, let me scroll all the way back up to our dashboards. We do have an antivirus dashboard in which we will be monitoring if detected. I don't have it here, but you'll see your all your antiviruses over here. Perfect. Um, also for backup, same thing. No, and and I feel feel like this is a good place to to butt in. Sophos, mm -hmm. I hear you guys have a big integration with Sophos coming down the pike. Oh, that's that's interesting. I don't even have that on my radar. Okay, super. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Um, hundred percent honest to God here. Um. Sophos integration, yes. I'm marking notes and I'll talk to it. I'm less on the development or what, you know, is coming down. How did you hear this? Talk to me about it. Um, well, Sophos seems to think it's coming. Zach and Alp and maybe a couple of other people here have brought it up. Okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, great. I have no details on that. I'm sorry. I wish I did. Um, may have some after the call, though. I'm going to make a few inquiries. I know if, stuff and that... If, mm -hmm. And if you can look into that and then just shoot me over an email, I can I can update everybody. Sure. 
Yeah. Nothing active in my email about this. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Perfect. Sorry, I don't have news I can share with the Sophos thing today, guys. Um, but what I can share is our backup integration as well. If I go all the way back down to my configuration, the same way we're doing the security manager, the same way we're doing the patch management, we do have an integrated backup. Okay, it's our product. Now, which means we can integrate the dashboard right into the, uh, into the product, right? All backups are cloud-based, uh, first and foremost cloud-based. We're partnered with leading edge uh, cloud providers for that, Equinix. Okay, so our backups are secure, they're HIPAA ready. Um, that means that they're encrypted in transit and in storage, uh, 128 or 256 AES or 448 Blowfish, okay? Now, um, so my dashboard here will give me a good idea of what's going on. Here, you know, red is bad, green is good. How are my last two days? What's been completed? And how much storage am I using across how many devices? Perfect. Then I have a list of each device at the bottom. Okay, and each device lets me uh, dive in and actually see a history of what's been going on there. And if needed to launch the backup client, which I'll do. So if I wanna do a restore, I'm gonna launch the backup client. I'll let that load in the background, but our backup uses a um, true Delta block technology. So our first backup is the only full one you'll ever do. Okay, which can be seeded if it's a huge, a huge server. Um, you can send us the hard drive, we'll pick up the tab on that, we'll get it all seeded for you. Each subsequent backup um, has an empirical average of 1% per day difference. Okay, that means I can show you here, for example, um, one example would be uh, the system state. This happened at 10 o'clock this morning. Um, we did a backup, we did a selected size of 27.7 gigs, and end result, we only transferred 7.26 megabytes. So we are doing it on the block level of the files, okay? We offer archiving as well. Um, which means you can archive as much as you want. It's a fair use policy and our great partners around the world have never abused it. So it's archive as much as you want. No charge, no joke. Uh, we will recycle the backups after 28 days. So your, your backup window is 28 days, but you can archive at any time. All right. Now, if we do go to our backup console for that device, right? I got to it from my dashboard. Here I am. I've got a bunch of days where I was not able to back up, but this past week looks pretty good. Okay. Let me go to my restore page and see how granular I can get. Well, I can restore files and folders, right? If I'm hit with a crypto locker virus, I can go back in time. Here, let me go back to yesterday, there. And where do I want to restore it to? Perfect. And I can be as granular as I want. I can choose the full drive that was backed up, a single folder or a single file, very easy. Same thing goes for system state. If I wanna bring the computer back to a state it was on a previous date, just go back in time, bring up the system state and I'm done. VDR, bare metal recovery as well, 
it's all supported. If I wanted to restore this drive to a local VMDK or um, VHD, perfect. No problem there. Okay, so the backup, the restores are pretty good, but this is coming from the cloud, right? So what's uh, that's going to take some time. Well, actually, when I'm setting up my backup profile, I have the option to turn on, this is free, it doesn't cost anything, I get to turn on the local speed vault, which is a second copy of my encrypted backup. And that'll simply sit in a NAS at my customer site, or maybe it's a USB drive hanging off the server, whatever, uh, whatever you want. Okay, that's my local speed vault. By turning that on, just give it the UNC path, whether it's a local drive or a network drive, there you go. Give it the credentials, done. So backup, also an option. Great. Reports. Very interesting. Reports give us, um, at a customer level or at a global level, executive summaries, everything I need to do about patching. Uh, they're very easy to configure. I can simply click into it, choose my date ranges, which devices. So different reports have different configurations. I can view them from here. That's good. Get my graphs and my details of my report. In this case, it's my EV Defender status. Okay, or I can export or email them directly from here as well. Now, um, I can schedule them so they go out automatically. Now, my integrated reports aren't brandable. Um, I'm seeing a question on, can you get a report on why a patch did not install? Uh, not really. You can get a, a report on patches that did not install. You have to investigate them on a one-by-one -one, uh, basis. However, we do have Report Manager. Report Manager allows you to, um, let me just open that in a new tab, see if that comes up. Report Manager allows me to create more customized reports. What I'll do is I'm gonna bring up a couple of canned reports that are have been generated. I just have them on my desktop here somewhere. Give me two seconds. Okay. Typically, Chrome doesn't load a tab. Oh. Maybe it does for you. For me, Chrome oh, doesn't load a tab until you look at the tab. No, it's it's fine. It's opening. I'm just wondering if my instance is up, and it's not, so that's okay. That's why I put it up back there. No problem. Thank you. All right. So I'll give you an example of our executive summary report. This is the most popular one to send out to customers. Okay. This is done with Report Manager. Uh, we did it for a previous date range, which was uh, the range of uh, 2016. But I've got a short one and a long one, okay? I have a five-pager. This is for the true management executives. And it's a five-pager. And one page, it tells them their overall score as a MS, you know, as a managed customer. How are they doing IT-wise? It covers asset management. It covers... Um, you know, their warranty of their uh, computer fleet. It'll cover their antivirus and their patching, covers data protection network availability. So with one, night, one bird's eye view, they get to see how they're doing IT-wise as compared to previous good. And each section gets broken down a little bit more, so it gives them a good idea what's going on, right? What this tells management, 33% my server warranty. That means I have to spend money this year on servers. That's what that means. Great. 
So they get their five pages and they can make their executive decisions. Nice. Then I have a 50 page version of the same report for the real technical managers. It's got the same uh, graphs, but it will get down into, if I scroll down quickly, each section then gets broken down into real information, IP addresses, dates, stuff like now, that. Yes? Excuse me. Uh, now, in my opinion, this executive summary report is something that you, the MSP, should be looking at. Mm -hmm. um, and, my, and my reasoning for saying that is, you know, if, if you go and, and you look at something and it says 33% or 60% overall score, like 66% in my school was an F. If I, if I had a, a provider show me this report and say, look, we got a 66%, I'd say, oh, okay, well, you're fired. Because that would be my initial reaction is why the hell don't I have 100? So in my opinion, this is a report that you, the MSP, should be using in order to generate your QBR and and at least go in there, even if you do show them the report, go in there and say, look, you're at a 66%. Here's what it's gonna take to get you up to 100%. Yeah. And have those have those proposals ready for you know the projects and the upgrades and whatever they need to to correct that, to mitigate that issue. Uh, thanks. Don't just send these out to your end users because that's just that's just a can of worms you don't want to open. Oh no, they're they're good points for start of discussions. Absolutely, uh, Steve. It's walking in armed, and you have uh, solutions already. Um, absolutely, and these are sample reports from the database of the devices that you saw that I'm looking at that are completely um, full of errors on purpose. Okay. Now, um, as for reporting. That does it. We have something new in 12, in uh, version 12 of NCentral. That's NetPath. Okay. What is NetPath? What do you see on my list here? I've got one, two, three, four, five line items. And these are basically looking at paths between your customer's network and something online that they're using, right? East End Bakery is using Office 365. Well, this is a link between their network and their instance of Office 365. And I can click in and see what's going on there. There we go. That is a live view of a significant server or device at East End Bakery. And there's their instance of Office 365. So when they call me and they say, Ted, I can't use Office 365. Um, what's going on? Where do I start? That's a big question. I just start down this big troubleshooting of figuring out why they can't reach it, where if I have this, I can immediately tell it's level three, okay, if this were red. And it'll give me the DNS uh, entries for that hop so I can actually reach out and contact that location if they're the ones with the problem. Let me go back and see okay. if I, yeah, it's, this is not something you're going to actually even show or try and resell to your customer. It's a tool for you and your technicians. When the customer calls and says, my Salesforce is down, you're like, really? Okay, Salesforce down. It looks okay now. It's green. However, great. It's been green all day. 
Yeah, that's good. Um, you know exactly so, from their network to their on on their location of uh, web stuff if it's good or not. What's that, Steve? So uh, down on the very bottom of oh, that sorry. screen that we were just looking at, yeah. it's okay. I'll just bring this um, one up here. Uh, am I seeing some downtime at the bottom? What what was I seeing before? Because it looked were, like there was a dip. Oh no, there was a dip, but there was latency. So we are measuring yes. the latency between these hops. Okay, as well as uh, pure outage. So there's some critical outages. If I'm looking at this right now, I'm looking at an instance of Ncentral. Mm -hmm. Okay, from a device that's in Texas. Therefore. From there, all the way to the central, the path looks good right now. This is a live view. However, I can go back in time and see that, uh, let's you say, click on that. you can click on that and go back in time. And that right there, we can see that 165 address is where it dropped. There you and go. We, and we know that AT&T somewhere down the path was the problem. Absolutely. So when people are calling me, I can I can proactively reach out to them. Say, hey, if you're trying to get to your central, just know that there's AT&T's got an issue and we're on it. We've contacted them. There you go. And and what on earth is all this? I see phone and email. Do I, the, the MSP, have to add all that? No, no, no. This is uh, taken from the DNS entries of the owners of these sites. Absolutely. So if I call those numbers or email all those places... I can say, hey, what's going on? I see this is down. Oh, absolutely. This is the registrar information for that location. You have to that get is, the there. Yeah. That is uh, more information than I've ever known I could find. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. So now, now Zach said this is super awesome. Uh, is this on uh, the MSP RMM tool? Yes. Okay. So because he said he uses this to monitor site-to-site -site VPNs, which... Oh, sure. Um, Absolutely. I, I see so many cool uses for this. Oh, definitely. Point-to-point, um, -point, office to office, checking your... Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have partners using this to monitor a connection into a demo server bank, a test server, development server bank that they're using in Boston, but they're coming in from Eastern European countries. Absolutely. They use it for checking how their internal network's going. Perfect. Their VoIP system, done. Anything that's significant, because when I'm creating a path here, I'm saying I want to monitor from one of these servers. Here's East End Bakery. They've got this one server. I want to monitor from there, go through the wizard next. What's the host name or IP address that I want to hit and on which port? Done. That's it. And All then right, so it's going to map everything for me. So, so real quick, um, and he said, and your cloud workspaces are getting jitter and latency, yet you can see that. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if he's telling you or I don't know. Um, I do want to go into the Q&A and start knocking these out. I'm sure there's a lot more that you that you want to show people. Yeah, well, but we're, we're at, good. We're you guys minutes, have so. seen. Yes, I know. We're, we're also, yes, we are running out of minutes. Um, great. So. Let's uh, see what we can do for the Q&A. So I'm going to go through these based on uh, how many votes they got. So feel free to go in and vote on questions. Um, you can do that from the Q&A section, which I did enable, so you guys can now see that. So first up, MSPRMM versus NCentral. Yeah. Are the products going to be merging? 
No. So they have their own separate path. I know that when I spoke with uh, Dave Sobel, he basically said, why would we tick off, you know, a huge percentage of our customer base no. and make one of these products go away? No, not going to happen. No. I don't believe. I'm not the decision maker. Um, okay. Remember, I can't talk about Sophos because I have no information of that. What I can tell you from my feeling of what we're doing is that both products survive their existing. They have different uh, uh, preferences. People have, MSPs have different preferences. One's hosted, one's on-premise. That's a big differentiator. Mm -hmm. They have inherent differences that make it so that they can coexist efficiently. And a lot of the same services are available in both. NetPath, example. Perfect. All right. Now, um, the untangle thing we talked about, and I'm just going to recap. Um, it seems like it would be best for um, Adam and anybody else using untangle firewalls to hop onto one of those twice daily Q&A sessions with an L3 tech, correct? Yeah. And, you know, it's not saying that they'll be able to get a complete resolution on that call specifically. May have some takeaway items to do, but it's a good place to start. Um, whether it's an Untangle, whether it's another device, any questions can be brought there. And um, all else fails, um, you know, contact your AE and let's get on a call with a sales engineer. Let's get an hour together and we can go through your specific thing and zoom in. Yeah. And just in case you guys don't know, AE is the account executive. So if you're a SolarWinds customer, yeah. contact your account executive. You have one. Um, yeah. They they will they will put you in the right direction. They will put you in touch with the right people. It sounds like when it when it comes to getting your issues resolved. Yeah. All right. Uh, going back to updates. Yes. All right. Um, J and J, whatever customer you had in there, I'm just picking one out of my butt. Um, they get a new computer. Okay. Yes. You know, we, we, we put it on the network, we put the agent on, but yep. maybe the computer is, you know, maybe six months behind on Windows updates. Sure. How, how does NCentral handle that? Because obviously for the last six months, as long as I'm doing my job, I've been approving updates. Sure. So is it going to, you know, mass install updates? Is it, is it going to do multiple reboots? How... What, what's the process look like? Okay, um, good. Well, and the, the device, according to the architecture slide, uh, which I could bring up again. Yes, please. Really quickly. So, um, the Windows device comes online. It's six months out. The mechanism is it will then go and check which patches it thinks it needs to Internet, right? It will then report that to NCentral, and Central will sort the list. It knows about superseded patches, okay? So it knows that if... That's going to be my next question. There too. you go. So that's the new thing about this version, uh, our latest version of patch management. It's It knows about supersedents. Therefore, if there's 50 patches that get superseded by this one patch, it's not going to do the 50 before. Then it'll go through and apply them in the order that it should. If it needs multiple reboots, depending on your reboot window schedule, then it'll do it that. It'll do that. Now, I'm also thinking that once it comes back and it doesn't get through its first reboot because you only have it scheduled to reboot on Saturday nights once a month, 
well, then it's going to be reporting it's missing patches. You're going to want to drill into that device and maybe treat it special for a day or an hour by giving it extra patch attention to get it back up to speed. Sure, but it'll it'll recover. It'll it'll get up to speed. Absolutely. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So that is exactly what I was looking for. I like it. Great. Not a lot. Now I, I told you there were going to be tough questions. Okay. There are there are some people here that yes. are are currently using MSPRNM. Okay. And they have been less than thrilled with support. Okay. Now, first I want to ask, is there a difference in support between the two tools, between two products? Um no, uh, I mean, I don't understand the difference in support. Uh, same support portals. Uh, we offer Is there a the difference in quality of support between the two products? I, I would Not say no. Different teams. But right, of course, people are um, people, and we have our expertise, and there's different uh, expertise depending who you're talking to, but uh, no, support's there. So, uh, as well, anything that happens on the support side, we do offer these webinars on the end central side. There is support online. You do have your account executive or the salesperson that your company is talking with. If you're a current customer and you're having problems with support, because unfortunately in any industry that happens, right? Please reach out to them. Reach out to me. I, I will help you. I mean, I will help you get the help you need. No one wants to not get good support and, you know, some people will consider bad support from me. Some people will consider bad support from someone else. Just reach out and we'll help you out, okay? I appreciate that. Um, it, it seems as though the, the consensus that I've seen from several people, sure. uh, and this is going through years, I've, I've heard it probably a dozen times. Okay. They ask a bunch of unrelated questions mm -hmm. and give you a bunch of work to do. And it seems like they're just trying to get you to give up. <laughs> okay. Um, well, there, there are procedures set in place, but constructive criticism has gone back. Now, I know um, you've also, uh, Steve, done a webinar with Robert Meehan. Is that right, Bob Meehan? I, I have, yes. Okay, on the RMM side, was this covered? Uh, you know, we, should, we could take this up with, um, you know, if there's specific... The question was brought up, to be honest. Okay, Right, and and who's to say that the people here were on his as well? What I'm getting at, um, everyone on the call, if you do have a concern with the support, please um, let's let's uh, take this offline. Talk to your uh, salesperson, your account executive, and we'll be happy to uh, to to try and fix that for you. Of course, your concerns that. are important. Yeah, and and Zach brings up a great point. Um, they have uh, they being support have troubleshooting scripts. Okay. Um, Zach's been with MSP RMM for over five years. He has zero beef with support. Nice, cool. But, but it sounds like he's also just aware that they have scripts. They have their, you know, just like what we're supposed to do, your support has yeah. standard operating procedures that they're required to go through. Oh, sure. Um, so I, I think... Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Uh, oh, dear. Okay. So... Uh, response from the guy that asked the question. If I had a dollar from every upper management guy who promised me to take care of it, 
I could have covered the $50 platform fee I have to pay every month. Okay. Okay. Understood. No. So, again, let's um, let's get with your account executive. If there's people you want me to, uh, like, I don't know all your person's names on the call. If there's someone sure. I can reach out to, I have been with the company for a while. I can reach out to people and we can get a call together. That would be, that's what I would suggest give, at this point. I'll yeah. I'll give Mr. No here. I'll give him your email address and if sure if he would like to reach out to you to uh, get the ball rolling, then then that's on him. Uh, Ted, okay, what perfect. is your what is your title over there at SolarWinds? What's your role? Sales engineer. Okay, so you're not like you know VP of product or anything like that for N Central then. You're I'm not sorry? you're not like the you're not like the the VP of product or anything like that with N Central. No, I'm I'm part of I'm a sales engineer. I'm part of the team who helps um, architect solutions, help people out in the trial phases, and also um, my group is also helping with the onboarding of RM RMM customers, right? So people coming on board and they we we walk them through the onboarding process and we help them with the understanding, the deployment, and answering any questions in the first couple few months. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Now, um, I'll just move on to the next question here. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything that will allow you to lock down USB ports? Like, is yes. that Bitdefender ads, or is that part of uh, SolarWinds script somewhere? Aha. Uh -huh. Okay, so the before you went to the Q&A, there was the one last thing that we could have possibly went over, which is... <laughs> Automation manager. Um, so remember when I said you can send a script? You can send a script within Central. Okay. Well, you can also send an automation policy. In an automation policy, you build, this is your script builder here. And it's PowerShell for dummies, okay, is what it is. And let's call this USB as a policy name. And we're going to say no USB. Great. I've got 600 PowerShell objects or more, more than 600 PowerShell objects over here. They cover everything from Active Directory, right? Create Active Directory user, all the way down to Exchange. Anything you can think of that you can do at a command line in PowerShell is here. File management, compression. I, I want to say I'm, I'm really impressed by this tool. Yes. Have you tried it? I, I have tried it, and this is back when it first launched for MSP RMM, and I'm sure it's probably improved since then. Oh, it's it's um, it's fantastic. I mean, look here. I just created a policy. All I have to do is save it and upload it to Ncentral. Then I can run it either reactively or proactively. So here, disable ma USB mass storage devices. I can run this uh, every morning across all the fleet. It doesn't matter. I can... There, um, let's say I want to create a policy here to, I'm going to remove this one, delete. Let's say someone calls me and says, Ted, uh, my C drive's full, what do I do? Okay, I'm actually going to remote into their system and I'm going to start deleting temp files, right? I'll empty their recycle bin. Well, why don't I? Once I've done that a couple times, I'm going to come and create this automation policy that deletes their temporary files. All my help's on the right here. It empties their recycle bin. Okay, now this seems way better than it was, you know, the, the two or three years ago whenever, when I tried it out. 
And I'll say, even back then, yeah, I had like decision overload, choice overload. There were so many things that it was capable of doing. Yeah. I just wanted to make scripts. I didn't have a plan. I right. just wanted to go in and start, all right, I'm going to make all these scripts and automate stuff. And right. I don't know what I want to automate. I'm just going to go in, I'm going to poke around, and then I'm like, holy moly, there's 8,000 different things I can do with, with exchange. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what to do. Like, no, I know, I know. So you really have to just think, of, this tool is perfect for someone like we are. I'm not a programmer, but I'm a smart guy. I know computers, I know IP and networks. I know what I want to do. So if I know what I want to do, let's say here um, – I want to uh, do this delete of temporary files. I want to do the empty recycle bin. And then I, I want to defrag their drive. This is how I'm thinking. I'm going to do this because they have an older drive. And at the end, I'm going to restart their system, right? So I'm going to log into their system and take an hour to do this. Now all I have to do is when they call me and say my drive's full, I just send down this script. And that's my reactive thing. Now I just saved myself half an hour. I can go have a coffee, come back, check it out. However... And Go ahead. And, and I'm sorry, can you scroll down? The the defrag, like, I'm used to, oh, maybe it's not defrag. It's the, the check disk. You know how, like, you can't actually do anything with a check disk these days because you got to reboot and let it do it before Windows starts? Sure. Is that something that you can do on here as well, have it run yeah. a check disk on reboot? Yeah, yeah. You can do a check can disk. you still run a check disk these days? I don't even know. Yeah. You do. You can. Watch there okay perform check disk get boot up okay you can do that however let's say guys i wanted to say um this is a good reactive script to run right someone calls me and says my c drive says it's full if i run this i'm doing a good 80 percent of what i should start doing what if I wanted to be proactive on this and I wanted to say, I want to run this every Thursday night at 6 p.m. on all workstations. Bam. That's a good idea, right? Mm -hmm. Perfect. So I can make this into a scheduled task that runs. However, first time I hit the system restart and it reboots the computer spontaneously when someone's working on a report for their boss the next morning, I get a really nasty phone call. Right? I, so I, I couldn't think why. I mean... So I can get smart. Let me turn this into a proactive one and I can get smart about it. And this is just my logical thinking. I'm going to, um, I'm going to check if a user is logged on first before I run this. Is a user logged on? Oh, okay. wow. So this is going to check all my domains, all my usernames. I'm going to get a true or false out of this command. So I'm going to pipe that into a logical statement of if, because if a user is logged in, I'm going to ask them if I can reboot their computer. So I'm going to link that to say, well, if my user logged in result is true, right, is equal to equal to true, then I'm going to prompt them. This is my favorite PowerShell command, prompt. Some people use this. They just send a prompt every Thursday afternoon and say, hello, have a good day. That's it with an OK. <laughs> but if a user's logged in and that's true, I'm going to put up a message saying, May I reboot, please? There we go. And I'm going to write some text here for the actual prompt window. Give it a five-minute timeout and select a, give them a choice, yes or no. May I reboot, yes or no. And if they say yes, then I'm going to go do all this. So just pop another if in there. That's easy. Just drag it in and 
link it to your prompt. So if the prompt result is, is true, equals true, then, well, I'm going to drag all this up there, or I can even, yeah, there you go. So I'll just drag all that up in there. So now I'm covering myself. I can run this now on Thursday nights, 6 p.m., and I'm not going to reboot anyone maliciously. Perfect. Make sense? Yeah. I like that uh, from Joe, my, my Monday morning prompt, stop breaking things, you, your IT guy. That would be hilarious. <laughs> so. There we go. That's, um, I think your question was, can we um, disable USBs? And I think the yeah. answer is yes. I, th I think the answer is yes, too. Now, yeah. uh, is there some type of migration process from uh -huh. MSP RMM to N Central, because it seems to me like N Central is a much more powerful platform. Um, well, it's it's different, of course. It is powerful. Um, both have their own purpose. One's hosted, one's on premise. Um, this one, we have more network device capabilities currently. Okay, we're getting there with RM. Uh, the simplicity of RM is amazing. You know, to deploy is amazing. Um, so migration process, uh, we do have a migration team. Um, I can tell you that the agents are separate. So if you're talking about deployments and stuff, there might be some magic tricks there, but there, we do have a migration team. So anyone interested in um, going either way from Central to RM or RM to Central, contact us because we do have a team specialized in that. Excellent. <clears throat> yeah. Is there a plan for you guys to integrate with any other backup solutions like Datto, StorageGraft, et cetera? Well, we have our own backup, so I, I can't talk to the path of what uh, we're going to be integrating um, as a sales engineer, but we have our own product. We do monitor all the other backups. We do. And we have our own uh, team engineers working on our backup solution. We have our own platform. That's all I can say there. Well, well I mean, I, I get that, but... I mean, not everyone wants to use your backup product, you know. I mean, so yeah. is 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 N Central able to monitor these other backup solutions oh. out there? Well, of course, sure, sure, sure. If I go to my backup dashboard, oh, I thought I was clear on that. Maybe I wasn't. So thanks for bringing it up here. If I go to my manage backup dashboard, all my Veeams and my storage crafts, everything's going to be there. Oh, uh, here we've got uh, okay. Shadow Protect. We've got Veeam, and we're not just saying is Veeam running. It's here's your failed jobs. There, there's your job monitor. There's your Veeam Sure job monitor. So, your backups are are monitored absolutely. Can it monitor the free version of Veeam or only the paid version? You can monitor whatever you want, but uh, out of the box, we've got some nice templates here. Like if I look in my help and I search for Veeam, right? There's my help. Let me type Veeam. Please don't get, don't worry if there. Monitor Veeam backup data. Look, there's tons there. We've got okay. 13 hits. I'm not sure on the exact versions or whatever, but also you can monitor uh, Notepad++, which is a free product. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I think the question was more or less, you know, the Veeam that's in there, that's that's built into that backup dashboard, is it is it all different versions of Veeam or all specific versions of Veeam? 
Is no, there a place we can go that, okay, here, that, that's telling us. There you go. Minimum requirements to use uh, Veeam. Veeam backup and replication 6578 or 9.x. PowerShell 3.0, yada, yada, yada. So it yeah, is a specific go. version of Veeam. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Now, where can we go to get a really nice list mm -hmm. of, like, all of the backup products that you guys monitor built in? I mean, it, and this is this is pre-sales. Yes. Yeah. This is, I'm considering Ncentral. Yeah. Uh, you can talk to us. We can get you the list through the helps that are in here. However, um, uh, yeah, because publishing, I'm just thinking about the website, which I'm not visiting on a daily basis. I'm more living in the interface and in the help documents. Uh, you know, I can definitely, if you're looking for one, I can definitely get you a list of what's current in the backups. Absolutely. Um. I'm trying to understand this question. Will we get a notification like this, which can't be disabled every time a system boots, like with the RM product? Check failed, Windows service check, endpoint master service, unable to start service. I'm sorry, I'm not. Really, I'm not, a, you know, let's just skip that question because it's not worded very well. Okay. Uh, Lonnie asked, Used to be there was a five hundred dollar monthly minimum to get started with Uncentral. Okay. I know, I know. You're just a sales engineer. You're not supposed to talk about pricing. I know that uh, ballpark. You guys charge four dollars an agent, whether it's Uncentral or RM. Okay. I don't remember if it's like with Uncentral, you have to buy a minimum of X agents or a minimum of x dollars worth of product to be on in central though okay is there a minimum um, i i seriously honestly don't know um uh, it really depends on the situations and what people have done you know we're dealing with partners who are all over the place so when it comes time for pricing i'm off the calls and uh again uh, we can set up with an AE, with an account executive to, to have those type of discussions, but uh, I don't know of a minimum or what it would be. Sorry, I'm so sorry, Steve. Um, I don't know if anyone here is a current and central customer that's, that's willing to share if, if there's a minimum. And I'm talking MSRP. I mean, obviously, I think oh, it's sure. safe to say by now, you know, with, with every product, there sure. are going to be ways for you to wheel and deal. So, mm -hmm. sure, it's $4 an agent per month retail, MSRP, whatever. Okay. Um, Matt said as of April it was still there. And was it $500, Matt, as the minimum? If you think about it, that's that's like 100 agents and then some other stuff, too. Sure. So, I mean, for you know, because because that's just okay. That, I mean, four dollars is is just the price of the agent. There's other things too that you're going to want, like the antivirus, right. the risk intelligence. So right. it's easy to hit that number if you want to. I'm going to word this: if you want to do it right, 
mm -hmm. and, and provide your customers with all of the products that are available. Sure. And, you know, like I don't come across this question very much, guys, just so you know, because a, a lot of the partners I'm dealing with on the Central side are using in the couple hundred to couple few thousand devices. And um, I'm not it's it's not even a thing that comes up now. I know for a fact on the RM uh, side to get going might be a more attractive for someone who's getting started as an MSP with a no commit type thing with a pay as you grow type of scenario. But as for the uh, and central side, I, I've it's never come up in a discussion uh, live with me with a partner to say, oh, uh, how do we get to some minimum? It's always been. Uh, I think it was the minimum was at uh, below some floor there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, once once they get to you, they're already probably a customer or they're already aware of pricing and they're just working on you. Sure, to, to sure. I'm not concentrate on, I, I try not to get distracted on that and make sure that, you know, we, we separate our jobs very nicely here. So we, it's a good uh -huh. team effort. And uh, on the technical side, like, yeah, show me the Bugatti, right, for the car. It's beautiful. It's got rich Corinthian. It's got everything you need, but it's a few couple million bucks. Like, hey, oh, well, then never mind. But uh, technology and the price has to work out and I concentrate on my technology side we have our pricing people in it comes together okay any other questions yeah. here we we have gone through all of the Q&A we're, we're nice. just a few minutes shy of uh, three o'clock mm -hmm. Ted is there is there any like really awesome last thing that you want to show us that's what I had to show you. We could go into a risk intelligence. We could go into the help desk software of MSP Manager. We could talk about stuff for hours. Would I? Let's, I'm getting a risk intelligence, please. Yeah, let, let's take a just a few minutes and look at risk intelligence. Perfect. I'm, I'm sure that you could do a deep dive, but I would just you know just a few minutes. Let's okay. The concept here is that you have devices that you are managing. Um, you have customers that are, um, uh, maybe there's a big requirement for uh, PCI compliance, okay? Well, guess what? We have a tool that will scan the computers at your customer network, which will then, and let me just bring up the interface here. We have a tool that will go and do a command line uh, scan of your customer's device and look at all the files on the computer. Okay, and it'll search through about 20, 25 file types. And my interface is not up, but I can bring one up for you if, it's, if it doesn't come up. To, uh, I'll give you a, couple, a minute to do that. Since we're coming up to three, we're going to keep going. But for the people that have to drop off, I just real quick want to remind you guys, um, next week we have two webinars. First, we're doing... Um, a webinar with Cloud Jumper. They offer cloud-hosted desktops, workstations as a service, desktops as a service, that type of stuff. We have the monthly roundtable mastermind session. Those are always amazing. There's tons to learn with those. And I have a special offer for people that want to sign up for one year with MSP webinars. Since you made it here to the end of the webinar, uh, you can use the coupon code one year two forty nine you can save 22%, $71 off a year with MSP webinars. Um, 
So, so there is that. I just popped up that in, the, in your screens. Hopefully that gave you enough time to get your instance up and running, Ted. Yeah, no, it's it's not up. So what I'm going to invite people to do is um, uh, we do have a daily demo of, as well uh, of Central, But for the risk intelligence, we'll have to uh, put this at another time. Uh, my okay. 3 o'clock is also coming up as well. Okay. Yeah. Ted, I would love to have you back sometime. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you are very knowledgeable. You, you, you made this a fun webinar for me. Um, All right. Maybe we can do something where you show us some more details with the uh, the automation manager because I know quite a few people have said, you know, they they could spend you know multiple days just talking about automation manager. Oh yeah, sure. It's oh yeah. We should have a camp, a weekend thing. <laughs> That'd be great. We can get it on the, the fire. We can sing Kumbaya. Um, <laughs> so uh, unless anyone has any other questions. It's it's three. I'm gonna say thanks so much, Ted. No problem. Um, Everybody, thank great. you. Appreciate your time. That was great. Uh, let us know if you need anything. We're here to help. Awesome. You all have yourselves a great day. If you're a member of MSP Webinars, hop in the Zoom room. We're gonna talk about Uncentral and uh, risk intelligence. Today's webinar and whatever else you want to talk about. Take care, everybody. All right. Bye now. All right. Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today.